what's going on guys welcome back to the 7th episode of the lukewarm podcast with me your host shane once again i hope everyone is safe and keeping well today we're back with sports we're going to talk about the premier league the champions league europa league a little bit about the women's super league and the f1 with the portuguese grand prix let's begin with formula 1 this weekend was the portuguese grand prix At this point it's quite clear that once again it's going to be a season that's going to have Hamilton versus Verstappen and Mercedes versus Red Bull. From the practice sessions itself it was quite clear that the Red Bull cars were going to struggle. The Red Bull cars were having a lot of issues with the wind and Max Verstappen made it quite clear that he was not happy with where the car was. Even though the team did try their best this carried forward into the weekend and onto race day as well. Race day started with Valtteri Bottas in pole position followed by Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen behind them. Uh Hamilton once again started off slow but uh, with a brilliant drive showed once again why he is the greatest of all times. He eased into the race and once he got going there was really no stopping him. Red Bull tried their very best uh by using all kinds of tactics. They had uh, Checo Perez stay out there on his tires that he started the race with as long as he could to increase the gap that um Hamilton had to cover up and allow Verstappen on his new tires to catch up but that didn't really pay off and it did end up with Hamilton finishing P1. I do want to give a big shout out to Lando Norris though. This guy is showing week in week out that he might be a future world champion. He's putting in consistent performances at every Grand Prix and getting the absolute most out of that McLaren car. It's an absolute joy to watch him drive. He most certainly is setting himself up to be one of the drivers to beat on the grid. Moving on now we have the Spanish Grand Prix coming up this weekend and I can't wait for another immense battle between Mercedes and Red Bull and another great watch between Hamilton and Verstappen. Let's see who pulls ahead in this one. Now let's get into the Champions League games. Last week we had the first leg of the semi-finals which saw PSG hosting Manchester City and Chelsea going to Real Madrid. The Chelsea game to be very honest was a big bore. Um their best player was Kanté who was making things happen from midfield other than him no one was doing anything on that pitch and um Madrid were all over the place which has been quite unlike them. And if it wasn't for Werner's pathetic finishing they probably would have been behind way earlier than they were. Chelsea did eventually make a breakthrough with Pulisic scoring a great goal. Their lead however was cut short by a piece of class from Benzema who scored a wonderfully controlled goal from a corner kick. And then the rest of the game was just boring because neither team wanted to push ahead and take a risk of uh you know going for it and conceding a goal. Uh the first leg did end 1-1 with Chelsea having a slight advantage moving into the next leg with the away goal. However, it's just a slim advantage because at the end of the day all Madrid need is a 1-0 victory to secure their spot in the final. I do hope though that the second leg is much more entertaining than the first leg because this one was a real snooze fest. The other semi-final saw PSG host Manchester City in the first leg. Now PSG finalists from last year did beat Bayern in the previous round to get here and you would think after doing that you know they're setting themselves up for another final and what better way than to beat Manchester City and show their strength because Manchester City are an immense team this season. But PSG did get off to a great start. They did score an early goal and seemingly looked in control of the game. But then Pep brought out his crazy tactics. They had a plan. They stuck to their plan and eventually not only equalized but had so much control over the game that it made PSG look like a mid-table Premier League team who didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether to stick or go. They didn't know when to press. They didn't know when to attack. They kept losing the ball. The midfield of City pressurized PSG's midfield and had were bullying them all over the pitch. PSG eventually conceded another goal and to make matters worse also had a player sent off. City was just solid in defense. I mean, 
it was the first game in Mbappe's Champions League career that where he failed to register a shot on target. Now, if that doesn't say something about City's defense, then I don't know what will. The biggest issue though is, you know, PSG are a team that have immense talent in their squad. They have great players all over the pitch. They're so used to their league where everything comes easy to them that they've become what I like to call an entitled football team. They feel like they just deserve to win games irrespective of putting in the performances that need that are needed to win those games. Uh, and when things don't go their way, they start throwing a fit, uh, their mentality goes out the window. It really comes up short and it shows that, you know, the manager doesn't really have control over the mentality of this team. And the team itself is very weak when it comes to, you know, not having things go their way. Going into the second leg, City had the clear advantage with two away goals. Add to that the fact that Mbappe was injured and was on the bench just for the sake of it, City seemed primed to get into their first ever Champions League final. The second leg was an even better showing from City. Like, the weather conditions before the game were quite tricky as it had just hailed before the game started and hail was collecting all over the pitch. So the players were slipping and sliding all over the place. But nonetheless, City were immense. The referee in this game though, quite controversial. Like, he was very inconsistent from the get-go. He, it seemed like he didn't know what handball is. Like, he had two decisions given handball which were clearly off the shoulder. Thankfully, VAR stepped in and ruled over one and did not give a penalty to PSG. City started slow again, but, you know, they had a plan. They knew exactly when to attack and when to stay back. In the 11th minute, Edison probably played the balls of the season to Zinchenko that eventually led to Mahrez scoring for City. I mean, the ball that Edison was able to play was a thing of beauty. Absolutely split the PSG defense apart and a great run from Zinchenko allowed City to capitalize and take the lead. Remember how I said when PSG don't have things going their way, they start throwing a fit? (laughs) And well, that's exactly what happened. Their players just kept falling over every single second, demanding a yellow card, a foul. And yes, I do realize that some of the uh, decisions did go against them, but most of them, especially under Herrera, just falling all over the place like a little bitch. I mean, I don't expect this from a team that has so many players of such quality to drop down to this kind of mentality to try and get something. It was just disappointing to watch. And the team mentality of PSG is so weak that once City conceded, the game was already won. City had it. It was in the bag. And as time went on, it just became more and more apparent that uh, PSG were going to go down the rash route. And uh, eventually, for a second game in a row, they did receive a red card. Angel Di Maria was sent off. And uh, things just went downhill from there. It was just another 5-10 minutes of constant fouling by PSG who didn't know what to do, didn't have the ball. City were just chilling. They were just uh, allowing PSG to do what they were doing and uh, playing on the counters, keeping possession of the ball, basically just frustrating the shit out of PSG. Hats off to City and Pep though. Their performance over both legs were immense and their defensive showing was unbelievable. Now, I really want to talk about Ruben Diaz here. He deserves some special praise because that man has brought a solidity to City's defence that was missing. City are now finally into a Champions League final for the first time in their history and only a second European final in their entire existence. And they fully deserve to be there. Now, the only thing that's left to see is who they face, whether it will be Chelsea or Madrid. Well, let's move on to the superior European competition, obviously, the Europa League, where in the semi-finals, Manchester United took on Roma and Arsenal were up against Villarreal, now managed by our ex-manager Unai Emery. United hosted Roma in what was supposed to be the tougher match and for the most part, it did start out that way. Roma did take the lead into half-time with two away goals 
<laughs> at half time we had twitter uh, having a trending uh, hashtag of olayout and i mean the entire fan base was in meltdown like i'm in a group chat with a few people and they just they were just what the fuck is going on we're out this that all this but second half united came out swinging and just blew roma out of the water they scored four goals in the second half and ended the game 5-2 all but securing their spot in the finals what is showing from united and well deserving of a spot in the final barring something absolutely insane from roma in the second leg though i don't think that's really possible considering roma have been good but i don't think they're good enough to win a game 4-0 i'll cover the arsenal game later on when we do get to the premier league game that they played as well speaking of the premier league let's get into the weekend fixtures now how is it that every weekend without fail we have to talk about var more than the football like this is getting out of hand now var is becoming an absolute joke now the first game of the weekend was between southampton and leicester and is another prime example of the absolute stupidity of the english officials like okay we understand in real time it may be tough for a referee to see exactly what happened but for fuck's sake man the entire point of var is to be able to look back at replays from all different angles and then come to the right decision So the ball was played to Westergaard who took a heavy touch Wardy nipped it off him but the ball was taken by Westergaard Wardy did go down in a heap and yes he was caught in the follow through but the ball was won by Westergaard Now the referee did give a red card and when it went to VAR it was clear from the re- replays it was absolutely clear that Westergaard got the ball first and in the follow through did clear Wardy so yes it was a foul and maybe it could have been a yellow card at max but it was never I mean never a red card. Credit to Southampton though even though they were down to 10 men were able to pull out a one all draw. But once again man VAR and the referees just making an absolute mockery of the sport not able to come to a correct decision. It's it's getting it's getting irritating now at this point. Then we move on to the other fixtures where Chelsea breezed past Fulham in a 2-0 victory. They rested their key players obviously for the big game against uh, Madrid in the Champions League. But that was no worries because uh, Kai Havertz stepped up. scored two goals and uh, kept their top four ambitions on track city also eased their way past crystal palace with a 2-0 victory aguero given a start and finally gets on the score sheet uh, what a surprise who would have thought that could happen something crazy to note though city's backup defense line that played this game just so that you know the main defense could be rested for their champions league game ended up being actually more expensive like how do you compete with a team whose bench players are more expensive than their starting 11 it's quite crazy when you think about it well it is what it is money is a big part of the sport and uh, honestly if it was my club who spent that much money i wouldn't be out here complaining but obviously since my club doesn't do shit i am going to complain about other clubs spending money moving on to the biggest game of the weekend we had united versus liverpool one of the biggest rivalries in english football meet once again and this time there was a lot riding on it because if united lost that game city would be champions well the game never happened though it was postponed so remember how uh, two weeks ago i was talking about the super league and stuff so a lot of fan clubs and a lot of fans of many clubs have now been protesting uh, games to try and get their owners out and uh, manchester united did protest their last game as well but this game was targeted as you know being their big game where they really wanted to bring out the big protests and man did they bring out the big protests somehow manchester united fans managed to invade the pitch at old trafford like this is something special because it's not easy getting into stadiums 
on normal basis imagine now in these current times being able to get into a stadium i mean obviously there was insider work involved and everything but it's uh, good to see that for the most part um, the protests were peaceful and even though there were protests outside the stadium and outside the team hotel um the pitch invasion was the key part because i remember the arsenal match was going on they split the screen the arsenal match was on one side of the screen and the other screen was showing the protesters uh invading the pitch and their flares and everything and you know it's going to be a lot uh, tougher for the owners to avoid um, you know taking notice of this because this is being broadcasted worldwide everyone seeing what's happening everyone is seeing the discontent amongst the fans and i think it's time uh, the owners of all these clubs take note of what's going on and uh, maybe work towards helping the fans feel better about themselves and we all know there's only one way that's going to happen just leave our clubs leave our clubs give our clubs back to our fans give it back to owners who actually give a shit about the teams and just go back to america and chill there man just ruin your own sports leave our sports alone that's where i stand on this now in my opinion the super league was the last nail in the coffin and i don't think there's any coming back from this like i don't think anything can be done by any of the owners to you know win over the fans again i think it's just time to pack up and leave now the united fans getting into the ground is a crazy story in itself but as usual reports have been coming out that you know there not all the fans were peaceful there was some kind of vandalism and uh, there were some clashes between stewards and fans now this kind of behavior is fucked up but we need to realize one thing every fan base does have these kind of people and you can't uh, group them with the entire fan base because of a few idiots now i respect united fans for what they did i am fully behind them and i fully hope that they are successful in getting their voices heard and getting their desired results the match was finally postponed and it is incredible that you know fans could influence the games in such a way that they ended up having to postpone one of the biggest games of the weekend and i'm pretty sure the owners need to take note of this and uh, hopefully united fans get what they want <sighs> okay time to finally get into the actual business arsenal so as i said earlier we were playing uh, villarreal in the europa league semi final i repeat semi final of a european competition in the worst season of our existence you would think that neither the manager nor the players needed any added motivation to actually give this their best but no this arteta decides that in a fucking semi final of a european competition probably the most important game of our season to change our system up completely and go with a false nine i'm convinced i'm fully convinced that you know the night before he turned on the tv watched manchester city against psg saw pep playing a false nine and thought yep if it works for pep it will definitely work for me no bitch this isn't manchester city what the fuck is wrong with you and then on the other side the biggest issue is not just that our manager is a fucking idiot we also have mr good evening on the other side emery fully pumped up ready to hand our asses to us and you know that's exactly what it showed the villarreal players were up for it from minute 1 and they ended up scoring a quick goal which they fully deserved like we weren't even at the games our team couldn't understand what was going on obviously when you impart a new system where the players don't know what's going on it's going to show in game and that's exactly what happened and then on top of it villarreal ended up scoring two goals and they were absolutely dominating us on every part of the pitch midfield we didn't ba- we basically didn't have an attack we were in midfield getting bullied by the likes of foyth juan foyth was bullying us like that kid is a sp- 
Spurs reject. Like imagine how bad you have to be to be a Spurs reject, man. Come on, how can you be bullying us? <sighs> Danny Ceballos, man. This guy is probably the most frustrating player at Arsenal at the moment because he has moments where he shows his class, but then he shows us exactly the kind of player he is when it comes to games like this. He's got no fight, no physicality. If the ball isn't played to him and he has and doesn't have acres of space, he's just lost. He doesn't know what to do. And I mean, at halftime going in 2-0, you'd think, okay, it's probably game over now because they were on top. They basically could score whenever they wanted. Every time they attacked, they looked like they were scoring. But then Emery did what Emery always does. And um, this is the same issue I had with him at Arsenal. When you're on top, just keep going. When you're the better team, why drop back? Why act like you need to hold on to what you have? Just keep pushing, get the goal, secure the win. But no, good for us. He decided to sit back and uh, we did come out in the second half much better, obviously owing to them not playing football and actually just sitting back. But then Danny Sabayos goes and gets a red card. And somehow, after that red card, Arteta still didn't make substitutions. Now you would assume we got a red card and Villarreal were the ones making substitutions. Like... Make subs, dude. The system you're playing is not working. Now, just we need to go for it. There is there is nothing else here. As usual, substitutes late as fuck. None of them were made correctly. As usual, another big issue with our data. Anyway, uh, somehow, we got a penalty, which, in all honesty, we didn't deserve. It was a dive from Saka. It, it was a dive. And if that penalty had gone against us, I'd be fuming. I'd be absolutely fuming. And I'd probably lose my shit. But since it went for us, for once, VR did something in our favor and uh, we got we got a penalty and uh, Pepe ended up scoring it. Now, this is where it gets tricky because 10 minutes after Pepe scores, Villarreal go and get a red card. And you would think, okay, we're now in the ascendancy. We've been doing well. We've got our goal. Bring on the attackers. Let's go for it. They're there for the taking. But nope. This cunt Arteta decides... To bring on a defensive midfielder instead of a striker. Fine. It's so frustrating to watch this guy manage this team. His stupid decisions and shitty substitutions just constantly keep coming to bite us in the ass. Eventually, he did bring on the strikers with uh, two minutes left to play. And what happens? Immediately, we have a chance on goal. And if Aubameyang had not slipped, we probably would have scored and ended the game 2-2. But the game did end 2-1. Villarreal did get the win. But we do go into the second leg with an away goal. Now, it's not a big advantage because we really need a performance in our favour. But the main thing is that their key players are injured. In midfield, they've lost Foyt to injury and now they've lost Kapue to a red card. So, we should be able to get the job done. But you never know, man. With Arteta and his stupidity, we, we might just throw it. Now, let's talk about our Premier League game. For once, we won a game. I mean, we did beat a completely pathetic Newcastle side and um, we were comfortable from minute 1 to minute 90. But this is what really gets me pissed off. Martinelli, once again, was the shining star. He caused all sorts of problems and he even set up the second goal which Oba scored in the most brilliant fashion. But what has this kid done to Arteta that he can't start a game? I don't get it. Why is he always used as a substitute or in games that don't matter? Now, again, in this game, we had another VAR decision, which was, again, as usual, fucking stupid because the Newcastle player got a red card, which, in my opinion, never a red card. Yes, it was a rash tackle, but it was in the middle of the pitch. Our player was going nowhere. Studs were not showing. There was no malice behind it. At most, it should have been a yellow card. 
checked by VAR, the red card should have been overturned. But no, the incompetent refs continue to rule the Premier League. It's something now we just have to live with at this point. I'm I'm convinced that we're just going to have to live with the poor decisions by referees and VAR for the rest of eternity. Finally, I want to end on some positive news. Like, let's talk about women's football. Now, Arsenal women, although we're not winning the league title this season and we aren't where we're supposed to be, we did have something left to compete for and that was a Champions League spot. Now, we took on Everton in a game that was supposed to be the game that decided who would get that Champions League spot. And boy, the ladies waited till the absolute end to secure the bag. It was going well, actually. We took an early lead with uh, Katie McCabe scoring. And until the 75th minute, we were comfortable. And then Everton scored. Now, even though we were pressing and pressing and pressing, we weren't able to get that final pass or that final shot off. But somehow, in the 94th minute, thanks to our constant pressure and some good movement in the box, we got a penalty. Now, 95th minute. Step up, Captain Kim Little. This woman, oh my god, man. Probably going to take the most important kick of the season. It was so intense that even our boss wasn't looking. He turned his back. He said, I, I can't take this. Let me let me just, I'm, I'm going to just look this side. This woman, nerves of steel, ice in her veins. She slotted the ball into the top right corner and oh my god, the scenes. Okay, I get it. We shouldn't be celebrating a Champions League spot. But considering the way our season has gone and the inconsistent performances we've had and the tough competition we've had from Manchester United, who, by the way, hats off, have had an incredible season. I think we deserved that goal and Kim Little, kudos. Amazing player, amazing finish. Thank you for giving us Champions League football next season. Now, even though this season has been quite disappointing, we finally had a small thing to celebrate. Well, it wasn't small. Champions League is a very big thing. I can tell you that from the men's team. It's a very, very big thing. Anyway, now it's summer time is coming up. We need to regroup. Um, we need to obviously find a new manager as our manager is stepping down. But we need to lock down our key players. Clearly, it's shown enough ambition that we're in the Champions League and we want to push forward that uh, they have enough reason to stay. And I hope the club handles the business super soon. We get everything sorted out and we're good to go for next season. Well guys, that's my take on the sports scene from this past week. The Spanish Grand Prix is up next. Will you be watching? Chelsea and Madrid will battle it out to see who faces City in the final. And Arsenal probably will have me break something and lose the semi-final second leg. But let's see how that goes. Let me know what you guys think about the VAR this season and whether or not you think that it should be removed from the game. And if you guys like this podcast, do follow it and follow me on my socials. Catch you in a bit.